Hello, this is Pastor Josh from First Baptist Church, and wherever you happen to be right now, thanks so much for listening in. There's two realms that coexist side by side, two, two spheres of reality that are ever-present around us. There's the spiritual and there's the physical. We might say it's the unseen and the seen, the realm of heaven, the realm of earth. And we might represent these by breath and stone. In the New Testament Greek, the same word uh, pneuma is used for breath, wind, spirit, the Holy Spirit of God. Because like wind, we can interact with the spiritual, but we can't see it and it's hard to pin down. Therefore, there's some that doubt the reality of the spiritual realm at all, wonder or even deny that it exists. But for most of us, we believe in the spiritual realm. However, in our day-to-day affairs, we assume and we act as if the physical realm is more weighty, is more significant, is more real. Because the spiritual, you know, it deals with theoretical, <laughs> distant future. It's kind of nebulous and ethereal, subjective, maybe maybe wishful, while the physical deals with things of real life. Paying the bills, what are we going to eat, keeping from getting sick, caring for our parents, caring for our kids, caring for the planet. And we may say as Christians that our faith is important, but... Often our day-to-day decisions reveal that when push comes to shove, we put more weight on the things of this earth, on the material. After all, stone is more substantial than breath, earth more so than wind. But is it? Try telling that to Dorothy and Toto. I love camping, um, but wind is is the nemesis of camping. I still remember uh, being a kid. We were camping at Colorado River, and the wind uh, sometimes picked up ferociously. And we had this huge old military tarp that uh, we used for shade, and it was staked to the ground, not, not with just tent pegs, but more like a railroad spike. And one day we were down by the, this cove, um, a couple hundred yards maybe from the tarp, and the wind picked up. And it yanked that tent stake out of the ground. And we hear this poing as it flew, you know, maybe 30 feet in the air as we ducked for cover. And this was a, a constant battle. Uh, often our family camps at, at Lake Powell out in the uh, Utah desert. And uh, we'd put up tarps to protect from the sun and the rain. Um, and the wind was always against that idea. And so we tried different things to secure our our camp from the wind, and uh, one year we tried these enormous concrete blocks on the bottom of our of our canopy uh, attached to these steel poles, uh, thinking that uh, in the battle of concrete versus wind, that uh, concrete uh, would reign supreme. But we were in for a really big surprise as the wind picked up and it threw that 30-pound concrete block all the way over our RV and the pole was bent, and uh, it uh, was a scary sight to behold. Uh, we were quite surprised because we thought concrete would win. Well, today we're here to talk about the Easter story, and it's the story of the physical 
and spiritual realms colliding. And uh, as we know, everyone was in for a really big surprise. And, and this is our big idea, if you're following along in the notes that you can find uh, online, or if you're just jotting some things down, the big idea is this. The resurrection shows that the power of spiritual over the physical. The resurrection shows the power of the spiritual over the physical. Breath mightier than stone. Heaven more profound than earth. The spiritual more substantial than the physical. Today we'll look at this, uh, the passage uh, of the Easter story in, in Matthew's account, in the Gospel of Matthew, in the 28th chapter of Matthew. If you have your Bible, uh, go ahead and, and turn there. Here's the significance of what's going on is this group of, of men and women had been following Jesus for a few years, interacting with him. They began to really trust him, um, consider him. Maybe, maybe he's the answer to, their, to all their problems. He's their great hope. Uh, but then their world fell apart. Their master, Jesus, was betrayed. He was, uh, became an enemy of the state. He was arrested. He was tortured he was crucified. This band of followers saw their hope die. They were scared. They were hiding. They were trying to come to grips with what the new normal looks like. Uh, do we go back to fishing? You know, what do we what do we do with their lives? Has has your world been rocked lately? The the coronavirus, for instance, maybe another crisis in your life uh, that's left you feeling disillusioned grieving, overwhelmed, looking for a new normal. And sometimes when we're in this state where we're just overwhelmed by things and circumstances of life, a well-meaning Christian comes and offers this little spiritual nugget or a verse, and instead of uh, it landing as a piece of comfort, it lands as an annoyance. We feel like we're carrying this enormous boulder on our shoulders, and someone comes up and says, here, let me help you, and they just breathe on it. There you go. You feel better. But if you are carrying a huge boulder, what do we need to realize today? That heaven can lift stones of any size. The resurrection shows not just the reality of the spiritual realm, but the power of the spiritual over the physical. And so today we're first going to see this collision of heaven and earth and then secondly, we'll see two implications, or, or rather invitations, uh, for each of us today. So listen to Matthew's account of the resurrection, uh, chapter 28 of Matthew, and first just looking at the first four verses. And notice in these verses uh, the battle of the spiritual in the physical and who wins. Verse 1. Now, after the Sabbath, toward the dawn of the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went to the tomb. And behold, there was a great earthquake. So these two, you know, distraught and, but devout uh, followers of Jesus came to the tomb to pay respects and to uh, take care of the body. And there was this great earthquake. Um, the Greek seismos, obviously we get seismology from that, it, it refers to you know, earthquakes or storms, any violent disturbance connected with natural phenomena. Well, what was it in this case 
that shook the unshakable bedrock of earth. The verse continues. Why was there a great earthquake? Because an angel of the Lord descended from heaven. The spiritual, wispy, floaty, ethereal being from the unseen realm of heaven shook the bedrock of earth. Then it continues, and and the angel came and rolled back the stone and sat on it. The breath or spirit of heaven moved this, this giant rock, just checked it out of the way, sat down on it in conquest. Verse 3. His, this is the being from heaven. His appearance was like lightning and his clothes white as snow. And for fear of him, the guards trembled and became like dead men. These guards that were watching over the tomb, Roman soldiers, you know, the symbol of the most powerful military might of the time. Um, This great military uh, group of guards, when they encountered the spiritual realm, they fainted out of terror. (laughs) So the point is, uh, big surprise, the spiritual realm is not only real, but it's shown to be greater, more powerful than the physical. Surprise, you had concrete assumptions about the relative power of physical and spiritual, and your concrete assumptions were just chucked up in the air over your RV. The angel of heaven, uh, though, did not just come to terrorize the guards and throw rocks around, but the angel, the messenger from heaven, came with a message uh, for these women and for us. Verse 5. But the angel said to the women, Don't be afraid, for I know that you seek Jesus who was crucified. Well, he's not here, for he has risen, as he said. Come and see the place where he lay. So here we see uh, the first of two just great invitations to you and to me. And his first invitation from the angel is fear not and trust in Jesus. This spirit of God, this angel met the woman at their low point when they had uh, lost hope. And his message is a fear not heaven sees your plight. The minister said, I I know that you seek Jesus who is crucified. Um, God is fully aware of what you're going through. He, he knows what you're trying to accomplish. He knows the burdens that you carry. He knows your, your anxieties, your fears, your disappointments. Um, he says, I, I, I know why you're here. And the message is, fear not, Jesus is alive and well. Uh, this hope you had is not unfounded. He, he's here, for he has risen, as he said. And also, the message of the angel is, fear not, uh, go see for yourselves. See the place where he lay. And there's all kinds of ways that you can uh, explore and investigate the, um, the reasonableness of believing that Jesus, in fact, did rise from the dead. Uh, in, in the notes and online, I've referenced uh, some books. There's many ancient and modern books that have addressed this topic. Uh, go, go and explore it. Uh, investigate it. See for yourselves. So this invitation is fear not and trust 
Jesus. Don't be ruled by anxieties, fears, doubts, but place your hope in Jesus. Well, if Jesus is alive, if if heaven indeed uh, is more weighty than earth, if the spiritual has power even over the physical, there are several practical implications, and I'd just like to mention three of them here. The first is, uh, if Jesus is alive, if the spiritual is more significant than the physical, breath over stone, then circumstances do not have the power to ruin your soul. Circumstances don't have the power to destroy your relationship with God, which is the most significant thing that you have. I love uh, Romans 8, well, the the whole thing, but at the end, verses 38 and 39, when the Apostle Paul says, for I'm so sure that neither death nor life nor angels nor rulers nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor uh, corona, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. Circumstances do not have the power uh, to make you sin. First uh, Corinthians 10.13 says, No temptation has overtaken you. That's not common to man. God's faithful. And he will let you be tempted beyond. He will, not, and will not let you be tempted beyond your ability. But with the temptation, will also provide a way of escape that you may be able to endure it. So, I, I think here's why this is significant. When we are in especially um, intense circumstances, or uncomfortable, or uncertain, uh, there's this great temptation to use that as a, an excuse. Um, to go against God's commands. An, an excuse to indulge uh, in our own uh, sinful tendencies. And uh, like, like being confined to your house, it does not give you a pass to you know, be unkind to your family or to say nasty things online or to turn to uh, various vices to try to, to, try to cope. As if the physical realm had the power to force <laughs> spiritual ruin on you, and it is simply is not true. So circumstances don't have the power to ruin your soul. And a second big takeaway here is that securing your material world will not fix your soul. When our world's shaken, we tend to hang on tighter to the world. Uh, we fixate on maybe our investments or we hoard things or obsess about our health or become defensive. We can become self-absorbed, etc., etc. Uh, Jesus on the sermon, in the Sermon on the Mount in, in Matthew 6, um, th- this message is essentially about living in light of the realness of the kingdom of heaven, the spiritual realm among us. Um, so Jesus is uh, telling his followers about this, uh, Matthew 5, 6, 7. But especially uh, consider Matthew 6. I just want to read a few little snippets from Jesus' words on this very topic of, of trying to uh, secure our material world, and we think that's going to make things really right with us. Uh, Matthew 6, verse 19 In 20, Jesus says, Do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust 
destroy and where thieves break in and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroys and where thieves do not break in and steal. Verse 25, don't be anxious about your life, what you'll eat, what you'll drink, nor about your body, what you will put on. Is not food, is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? And so instead of all this uh, worrying and hoarding and grasping and fixating all those things, he says in verse 33, instead, seek first the kingdom of God. Seek to live under the assumption that the spiritual realm is real and present and more significant than everything else. Elsewhere in in Matthew's Gospel, chapter 16, he records when Jesus says, uh, For what will it profit a man if he gains the whole world and forfeits his soul? So this uh, spiritual being um, more significant and weightier than the physical is, is a call to stop fixating on the material things of the world as if that's going to make us okay. So circumstances don't have the power to ruin your soul, and securing your material world will not fix your soul. And, and a third thing is that death is not the end of your soul. 1 Corinthians 15, uh, 54 to 55 says, When the perishable puts on the imperishable, and the mortal puts on immortality, then shall come to pass the saying that is written, Death is swallowed up in victory. Death, where is your victory? O death, where is your sting? This just beautiful passage here, uh, rich and, and deep, it tells us about the significance and centrality of the resurrection of Jesus and what that means for our, our own souls. For all who trust in him, uh, it only gets better. Uh, death is not the end of your soul. It's much more like the beginning. So if breath is more uh, significant or weightier than stone, you know, the spiritual over physical, uh, first we need to, Stop worrying, fear not, and trust in Jesus. But the angel continues, and there's this other invitation here. It starts in verse 7. The angel says, we're back in um, Matthew 28, verse 7. The angel says, then go quickly and tell his disciples that he has risen from the dead. And behold, he's going before you to Galilee. There you'll see him. See, I, I told you. So they departed quickly from the tomb with fear and with great joy, and they ran to tell his disciples. And behold, Jesus Jesus met them. And Jesus said, Greetings. And they came up and took hold of his feet and worshipped him. And Jesus said to them, Do not be afraid. Go and tell my brothers to go to Galilee, and there they will see me. The angel says, Go quickly and tell Jesus says, do not be afraid, go and tell. And the invitation here is to fear not and talk about Jesus. <laughs> the resurrection is very good news. Okay, the fact that the spiritual realm overpowers the physical realm, this is really, really good news for us. It means physical death is not the final bitter end. We grieve, but not like those who have no hope. 
It means that our souls can thrive even though our bodies can grow weak. It means that faith is not uh, wishful thinking, but it's confidence in what is more certain than this frail world. You see, the resurrection, it vindicates all the spiritual realities that Jesus spoke of when Jesus talked about forgiveness from God, eternal life, peace with our creator, and on and on and on. Uh, The resurrection showed uh, the legitimacy of all that he taught. So our response to the good news should be, as the angel said, and as Jesus said, is to go and tell somebody. Don't be afraid to talk about Jesus. See, when you have good news to tell, uh, when you have good news, you, you tell it. Uh, we know that uh, during this crisis that for some reason uh, toilet paper has become a precious commodity. Well, a friend messaged a little bit ago. They came across or got their hands on a case of TP. And so what did they do? They, they messaged and said, hey, we, uh, we hit the jackpot here. And if you know anybody who needs it, uh, let them know. This is what we do when we find treasure. This is what we do when we encounter Jesus is we go and we tell uh, somebody else. We go and tell the world. Uh, in some ways, even though we're confined to home, uh, people are communicating more <laughs> through phone, text, letters, uh, Zoom, social media, etc. You, you, in some ways, have unprecedented opportunities to talk about your hope in Jesus. And I'm seeing a lot of this going on. I've seen some just really beautiful posts and messages that point to Jesus, that point to where real comfort is found, at where uh, peace really exists, and the trustworthiness of God in the middle of all this. See, we need to not spend our time talking about uh, which politicians are doing the worst at handling this crisis, or keep talking about speculating how the economy is going to suffer, We keep talking about how you can't believe some people are either overreacting or underreacting. But instead of all these things, we need to be talking about Jesus. Let me just finish this chapter, skip down to to verse 17 as we uh, come to a conclusion here. Verse 17 of Matthew 28. And when... They saw him, this is when uh, Jesus meets together with the rest of his disciples. And when they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. And we see the same uh, situation now, where some encounter Jesus in worship, and some are given the invitation and still uh, doubt it. This is not new. Verse 18, well, then Jesus came and he said to them, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Uh, Jesus is the master of both realms, of the physical and the spiritual. Well, verse 19 says, Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. Jesus says, I am alive and well Fear not, I'm with you. Go and tell. 
fear not and talk about Jesus. Who, who, are we going to, who are we going to tell? Who do you know? Or What avenue, what realm, what sphere of influence uh, will you talk about Jesus? Well, if the spiritual realm is more weighty than the physical, then here is the challenge for you. And it's a challenge for me. The place we need to keep coming back to and living, you know, closed with this, is simply concern yourself with the weightier things. Put more uh, effort, concentration, um, attention on the weightier things of eternity. Concern yourself with the weightier things.